Got the Bible tonight, turn to John chapter 1. In fact, go ahead and mark John chapter 1, John chapter 4, and 1 Corinthians chapter 5, if you like. We'll be in all three of those places, and then we'll go back and just kind of expound each one of them. Everybody got your place now? John chapter 1, verse number 17. I'm only going to read one verse here. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verse number 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 8. Therefore let us keep the feast not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of the malice of wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. We just ask you to open our hearts and minds for this brief moment, Lord. And Lord, just uh, help us to be an impact in this world for the truth, Father. We'll just praise you what you do. Give me yourself and fill me with the Spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. The verses we just read had the word truth in every one of them. And, and I'm thankful, thankful for the truth because I know there's a lot of false truth out there. I, I'm thankful for preachers that has been in my life that preach the truth. I'm glad that we were, we, we, here we stand on the truth of God and not man. I'm thankful that the, the children here will hear always the truth of the Word of God. Know that we're living in a day in a world where it's hard and harder to find the truth. It's a rare thing nowadays. That's why, why Proverbs told us, buy the truth and sell it not. In other words, when you get a hold of it, you better hold it tight in your life. You can't even trust the news today. You turn on the TV and you find that they don't know. It used to be when I was a kid, you turn on the TV at nighttime and they told you the events of the day, what happened that day, and that was it. Now they're, they're just exploiting everything. Politicians cannot tell you the truth. Now, I don't care what affiliation you are, Republican, Democrat, or whatever you are, none of them are telling you the truth. They, don't, they tell you what you want to hear so that you'll vote for them. That's, that's the way it's always been. We got to the point we don't know who's telling the truth anymore. There are preachers. We're living in a day where preachers, they're not telling you the truth either. We're not telling the truth. We, we got a lot of preachers in the denominations across this country that will dance all around the truth. Uh, they have a real, real good uh, at saying almost the truth. Or if you'll find a preacher that will actually preach the truth and then spend five minutes apologizing for the truth that they preached. Because they don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to offend anybody either. 
But if this truth offends you, you need to take it up with God and not me. It's hard to find the truth anymore. We find in all three of these verses, it's not just truth by itself. There are some things that accompany the truth, and I think that if we look at this, we'll find out these things with the truth. We'll make the truth go even further in our lives and be more effective in our lives. So I want to preach on the balancing of truth tonight. Someone said, uh, the devil doesn't care whether you're swimming upstream or downstream, as long as you're extreme. That's true today. That's the truth of the Christian life today. We've got the extremes. I haven't learned as much as I should have learned in the 20 plus years I've been preaching, but I have learned this. There's a ditch on both sides. And, and if you fall in the ditch, there's no way you can continue to move forward. You draw behind. You're not going to move very fast in the ditch. Time is running short. The Lord is coming back, and we ain't got time to be stuck in some ditch. We need to find a biblical truth and balance it with the truth down the road. So go back to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, we started here. Look at verse number 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelled among us, and He beheld His glory and the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness, underline that, John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This is he of whom I spake. He that cometh out to me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all received, and grace and grace, for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. John said that he bare witness of him. You know, we ought to be bearing witness of him today, our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, if you're saved, God has saved you. You've been good to us and he's been good to us. We ought to want to tell somebody what God has done for us. We ought to want to share our testimonies with what God has done for us. Paul said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That didn't mean work out your salvation by works. In other words, God worked it out for you already. He's done everything for you. And part, part of that working is out is telling others what Christ has done for you. If He saved you, you've got something worth telling other people about. You've got something worthy of sharing with other people in this lost and dying world. A lot of people are saved and going to heaven, but they're kind of keeping it to themselves nowadays. We ought to have a desire to be a witness for Christ in this world today. Then he said in verse 17, but grace and truth come by Jesus Christ. I, I don't know about you, but I am glad I am not under the Old Testament law. I'm glad that I'm under, on this side of Calvary and it's grace. And that's where we ought to be a witness. One that brought this grace and truth to us. If you're, if you're going to be right kind of witness, it's going to take grace. We're all going to have to have grace and truth in our witness. 
It's not grace at the expense of truth, or nor is it truth at the expense of grace. It's a balance between both of them. How are you going to reach the lost and dying world? We can't compromise the truth. Lord, no, we can't. There are a lot of preachers out there, even on TV today, uh, they have compromised the truth. Uh, they don't preach about hell anymore. They don't preach about sin anymore. They don't preach about nothing. All they're talking about is this and that and give me this and that. We know people that are sinners and dying and going to hell. They are in need of a Savior. You still got to preach hell. Yes, you do. They need to know there is a hell. But don't compromise truth of hell. I've heard preachers preach on hell. The entire sermon talked about hell. You're going to die. You're going to hell. You're going to, the entire sermon. And that's where they left it at. They brought no grace into the picture. You've got to have a balance of truth and grace. You've got to have a balance of truth and grace. I'm going to preach hell. I'm going to preach to sinners that there is a hell that a Savior paid the price for them and that we can trust Him. We ain't going to hell because we trust Him. We, we can go to heaven because of what He's done for you and I. That's the grace part of it. I, I was told this story about a young preachers. They, they go out onto the streets and they... Uh, street preached out there and they found this place where the young teenagers would go and hang out uh, and meet and gather so these young preachers uh, soon to be called preachers would go out and preach on the streets uh, and they went to this snow cone place and one of them guys was standing there with a snow cone in his hands and one of those boys ran over and said you better go ahead and eat that because that's going to melt in hell and he left it at that. Did a boy tell him the truth? By all means, he did tell him the truth. He told him, hey, you better get right with God or your hell will be your home. He said, that's going to melt in hell. But there was no grace. He didn't give the man an out. And those people did not want to hear anything about the Jesus that we talk about and the truth that we talk about because they're showing no grace. Anytime you're telling somebody there's a hell, there, the hell there you can go to, you better make sure you mention that God is the grace that delivers you from that hell. I believe if you study Jesus' life throughout the Bible, he always talked about truth and grace. He never left anyone without the grace. In fact, turn to chapter 8. Look at chapter 8. Everybody knows this story. Very familiar story. Verse number 3 of chapter 8 says, And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman, taken in adultery when they had set her, set her in the midst. They said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Hold up. It takes two. Where's the other one? See, they're not worried about the man. They're not worried about him. 
They're just worried about this woman. This woman was caught in the very act. They're sure there should have been a man there, but they don't bring the man. Now Moses in the law commanded us that we such be stoned. But what sayest thou? They are trying to tempt the Lord. They're trying to trick the Lord. They're trying to get him to say something that, hey, that's not right. This, this they said, tempting him that they might have accused him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger and wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. <laughs> I wonder. I've... I've had preachers tell me they, he wrote this, he wrote that, he wrote this, he wrote that. I don't know what he wrote, but I, I, I'm sure you can find it somewhere in the white part of this Bible. It'll be there. But I, I just kind of, my mind goes crazy with that. I imagine he sat down and he started writing people's sins down on the ground. Yeah. I, you know, you, you start looking at your sins here. You're trying to accuse this woman of sin. Then all of a sudden you see the sin that you've been doing is written down on the ground. Or maybe he wrote it this way. Bob, you was with her last week. Job, you was with her last month. I imagine that probably caught some attention of the people. Yeah. He, he's writing, he stooped down and started writing down on the ground and said, hey, he, 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 then, so they continued asking him. He lifted it up and he said to them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. He's got their attention. He's not really paying attention. He, he's, he's just writing on the ground. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the elders. And even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone, and those woman was standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none were, uh, about, but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where's thy accuser? Have no man condemned thee? She said, No. No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. There's the grace. There is the grace. But then on the other part, there's the grace. And he said, Go and sin no more. He said, I'm going to have grace on you. But from this point on, you need to be quit that sin business. You need to get it out of your life. Uh, you need to get right, uh, get on the right path. Uh, uh, there is some grace and truth right here. And, and where we are at today, it's to the extreme. One crowd over here is all about grace. All about grace and love. No judgment. You come as you are and leave as you came. We're all about grace. We're all about love. God loves everybody. God wants everybody. You just come here. You have fun. You just be all right. There's no judgment on this side over here. But on this side over here, we've got our truth. We hold it on to our truth. We've got our standards. We've got our convictions. We ain't got no grace. I've never seen people that claim to be the child of God that walk around with a knife in their hand trying to find a back to put it in. Amen. I'm just telling you the truth is we try to kick them when they're down. We don't want to help them up. We want to keep them down as long as we can. There is no grace. There's got to be a balance between grace and truth. And you cannot compromise either one of them. We all could use a good dose of grace tonight. Amen.
I think we got the truth down pat. I think we got it hammered down. But you're going to need some grace. The reason why you need to start showing some grace, catch this, this is real deep biblical thought. I mean, you need to catch this and just hold on to it. The reason why you need to start showing grace, because you might need grace. You might need some grace. There ain't none of us perfect here, amen, praise God. There ain't none perfect. We're all going to stumble. We're all going to fall. We're all going to make mistakes. And let me just say this. I'm not perfect, nor do I claim to be perfect. I fall, I stumble, but I thank God that he shows grace. And if God can show grace, everybody else can show grace. We don't want to show grace. Amen, I'm just saying, amen. Amen. Go back to John chapter 4. Amen. Praise the Lord. John chapter 4. So we see the extreme. How we, some people go one stream to the other stream. There's no balance between grace and truth. You, you know the story here. Jesus is dealing with the woman at the well. She brings up a lot of different subjects throughout. Here we have the story of the woman at the well. She brings up a lot of deep subjects. She brings up the subject of worship. Verse number 23. But the hour cometh, and now is then the true worshipers. Hold up. That hit me. If the Bible says the hour has come now, the true worshipers, ain't there some false worshipers out there? If Jesus said true worshipers, then there's got to be some false ones out there somewhere. And I believe he was uh, looking at a few of them. He said, he said uh, uh, it's time for the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. These two verses right here have had more controversy about them. And these two verses here, people will say, there is your mistakes in the Bible. In verse 23, there is a little s spirit. In verse 24, there is a capital S spirit. Now, there are an awful lot of spirits in this world. When I played ball, our cheerleaders, I've got the spirit, I've got the spirit, how about you? Now, is that the spirit? No, that's not the spirit of God. You can drive down a road and you see the sign that says, we got wine and spirits. Is that the spirit of God? Oh, no. Oh, no. When he's talking about in verse 23, it's your spirit, your spirit. And what he's talking about in verse 24 is the spirit of God. We're, we're living in a day where worship is confused. And again, we're talking about the extremes. Over here, you got the charismatics, Pentecostal, and, and they're going to come to the church and they're going to speak in unknown tongues. They're going to fall out on the floor, going to act crazy, bark like dogs. In the name of worship, you got your contemporary megachurches on this side over here. They've got the rock bands. They've got the light shows. You know, they're jamming for the lemon. 
rocking for the flock, swaying for the Almighty. They got it all going on over here. There, there's a lot of spirit, and I do mean spirit, but the wrong spirit. But there's not much truth in there to one of those worships. Then here on the other side, we've got the truth. We know our King James Bible. We got our standards. We got our convictions. We got our hymns. I mean, we've got it all right. Yet, but we're dead as a doornail. Amen. Come on now. We're dead. Dried up on the vine. No life, no joy. We've got the truth. And we're mad about it. Listen, if one wrong is such as the other, if they are wrong on their side, on our side, then we're wrong on their side. Amen. They have to worship Him, worship Him in spirit truth. There's got to be a balance. Let me just say, some people are to the extremes over here. I know where they're at. They don't have the Bible. They've got whatever they got going on. They got the rock show, laser beam show, smoke screen. They got all that going on, but God ain't involved in that. But over here, if we got the truth, we know the truth, we understand the truth, we got our standards, we got our convictions. But we ought to have something inside of us that gives us joy. I mean, you come to church and you come to church and and all you got is a pooch-faced crowd. We got problems. If you say you're born again on your way to heaven, right there, that in itself ought to make you come to church. Let's praise God. I look at this world to see where the world is headed. I know where I'm going. He bought me. I'm just going to come in the house of God. I don't care who's going to be around there. I'm just going to praise him. I'm going to glorify his name. I'm going to shout and praise him. I'm just going to get crazy in the spirit of God. I I love it when the spirit falls in the church. Amen. I love it when the spirit gets a hold of somebody. And that, that, when, the spirit, when the Spirit gets a hold of somebody, that's the one you want to run up and rub up close, real close to. Rub off on me, please, rub off on me. Because some of y'all could use it. Some of y'all so dried up. I ain't shouting since 1927. Amen. We, we should come to the house of God because we know the truth, we got the truth, but we got the joy of what he's done for us. He went to the cross of Calvary. He died. He shed his blood. If that don't bring joy to your life, I don't know what does. If that don't want to make you jump up and shout and run, I don't know what does. Come on now. Don't get mad at me because I'm offending you. But we are dried up. We are dried up. We need to balance the truth in worship, balance the truth and grace. There has to be a balance in our lives. And God tells us that. We must worship Him in spirit and truth. You can't compromise one for the other. It has to be. I'm almost finished. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I love First Corinthians. I don't know why it's a, it's a mean book. <laughs> but it, it kind of pictures the churches today. 
Paul, Paul is writing to a very carnal church in Corinth. The church is proud. Now, they're, they're a boasting, proud church. But they got a lot of carnality going on in their church. Verse 6, your glorying is not good, see? <laughs> You're proud. Your glory is not good. No, you're not a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. Purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and weakness, but in the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Paul is dealing with sometimes you've got to get some people out. Sometimes you got it's it's not a it's not a pleasant thing to do. It's not something you want to deal with over and over. But he's talking about there there could be somebody sitting in church that's in sin, and if he's in sin and he's living in sin, it'll start messing up everybody around you. Just like if you got sin in your life, it'll start messing up your life. It won't make you. You can't joy. You can't pray. You can't praise God if there's sin down in your life, and the church cannot praise God. The Spirit of God cannot come on the church. Is somebody sitting in the church unleavened? You got sin in your life. Paul says, "Hey." You've got to get rid of it. There's just going to be some times. And you, I, I've got a friend. If I need to, I can call him. He's done it several times. There's sometimes you just got to tell people they can't come back. You just got to tell people, you know, you, you need to find your church that you can worship in. But he's telling us you got to get sin. Now here... Now, sincerity. A lot of times we have the standards. We've got the convictions. That part's right. We've got it hammered down. But I'm also sure that we have sincerity part right. Let me say this way. It needs to be sincerity and truth in our works, in our walks. Now, we don't believe in work for salvation. Amen. But because I am saved, because I am blessed, because the Spirit of God is living inside of me, I want to have some good works for Him. I want to live a clean life. But it must be done with sincerity and truth. I have heard preachers and other people stand up and testify with such a bad attitude that it would make you want to go out and drink. I mean, if that's the way it's going to be, how long have you been doing this? I've been doing this for 30 years. I just don't know. Got a bad attitude. I've, I've seen preachers get up and, and preach to the congregation, and the whole preaching was nothing but you, 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 you bad attitudes. Got to be some sincerity in it. There's got to be truth, and there's got to be sincerity about it. If all we hear is the negative, the negative, the negative, the negative, ain't nobody going to want what you got. Nobody's going to want that. In fact, I don't even want that. I won't want that. But there's got to be a balance there. I, I've heard some preachers preach. And I mean, they preached hard. And before they stopped preaching, I was out at the altar as the Lord. 
I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's right against me. I don't know what, but whatever you can find in me that needs to get out of me, Lord, I pray that you get it out of me. But don't point your finger in my face and call me every name except a child of God and then tell me you ought to get right. No sincerity. And we got that going on. The problem we have in our society today is not with our government. It's not what's happening in this world. The problem we have in our society today is because the church has went different ways they should not have went. They've gone to the extreme over here. They've gone to the extreme over there. And they left the road. There's a ditch over there and there's a ditch over there. And I don't want to be in no ditch. So I'm just going to stay with the truth of God and the word of God travel with him no matter <laughs> no matter how well you clean yourself up and come to church you still can have some things wrong with you I'm just telling you you can put on that suit all you want to and come to church and have your Bible up on your hand you still have some things wrong with you we got to get it right We've got to have the balance of truth in our worship, in our walk, in our prayers, in our witnessing. We've got to have the balance of that truth. If we're going to get the job done for Christ, we cannot be in the ditch over here. We cannot be in the ditch over there. We've got to get it balanced right down the middle so we can keep moving forward, keep going forward. Amen. Now, I don't know if y'all like that kind of preaching over there. I don't. I don't know if you like that kind of preaching over there. I don't. If you want that kind of preaching over there, let me know. If you want that kind of preaching over there, let me know. And I'll find somebody for you. We need to stay straight. Our churches have gone to the extremes. To the extremes, one side. You don't, you don't know what to believe anymore. And I can understand, I can understand why this society is confused about church and God. Because they hear it over here about, oh, God loves everybody. Everybody's going to heaven. Ain't nobody going to hell. There's no such thing as hell anymore. Then over here, everybody's going to hell. Ain't nobody right with me. Uh, come on. <laughs> I'm just telling you. We need to be right here. We need to have an outreach tent. Sin, we're all sinners. We're all going to hell. By the grace of God, we're all being hell right now on the child walls of hell, hung there, said there's no help, no hope for me. I'm dead, I'm gone. But thank God what Jesus done at the cross of Calvary. I have hope in him. I've got blessing. I, I'm telling you, I'm blessed. I'm excited. I'm waiting to get going home. I'm telling you, this is where you got to be straight and narrow. There's a way that leads to path. We got to go that way. And I understand there are some people that don't like that. I understand that. Well, if you get to heaven by barking like a dog, go for it. <laughs> Nowhere in the Bible I read there's a dog barking going to get you to heaven. Nowhere in the Bible I've read that see, claiming you are God Almighty is going to get you in heaven. There's a place reserved for you. Satan said that. I want to be like him. Sit on a throne like him. Need to be careful. Need to be careful. 
Amen.